It's time for two Larrys and a Mike. Look, look. I'm Larry Dowdy. I'm Larry Bly. And Mike is looking a little green. Oh, 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 oh. Well, he's working on his cuckoo clock collection. <laughs> you know, he has a fabulous collection of cuckoo clocks, but he just doesn't work well in a radio atmosphere. Well, it's just a little too, yeah. a little too loud. There you go. Well, uh, well, did you ever have one of those? A cuckoo clock? Yeah. 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 What a terrible idea. <laughs> As a kid, I couldn't wait to have one. Put it in my bedroom. Uh, didn't sleep for five nights. <laughs> Finally, I just took the daggone thing and threw it in another room. I, st- yeah. you know, we have a grandfather clock in the living room. <laughs> oh, they're, they're terrible. And too. it's it's set up to chime every fifteen minutes. Yeah. And you know what? I don't even notice it. Well, you know, it's true. Well, I have three clocks mm-hmm. downstairs in my house, and so the only time I notice them is. We did a time change the right, other day, right. and I finally have all three of them in perfect sync. I am so proud of myself. It doesn't take much to amuse me, Larry. No, no not much at it all. It doesn't. Hey, welcome, everybody, to uh, Two Larrys and a Mike, and we're at episode 15. Oh, it couldn't be. It's not uh, yeah, possible. It, it's true. It's true. Uh, we're going to be talking about Burt Bacharach and Hal David. We're going to be doing oh, yeah, that in yeah. just a bit. You know, is it just me, or is this a perfect day for a podcast? Ooh, it really is. Yeah. It really is. You know, I had a, a, a little affair last night. What? Well, not an affair. <laughs> not that kind of affair. I'm, for God's sake, Larry, clean up your mind. I'm 73 years old. Uh, <laughs> had an affair since the last decade, I think, if I ever had one at all. Now, I had a little thing for uh, St. Patty's Day. Yeah, okay. I had four friends over, and I did, mm-hmm. you know, the corned beef and the cabbage, and all stunk up the entire house and possibly the neighborhood. <laughs> That's what cabbage does. But, you know, it turned into a St. Vaccine celebration. <laughs> <laughs> we were checking people's papers at the door to make sure they got their vaccine, taking temperatures when yeah, they came yeah, in, you know. Yeah. And uh, but it worked out pretty good. Everybody had a good time, and everybody had had at least one shot, and that was good. Some some people had two. Now, please tell me your leprechaun was wearing a mask and social distancing. Well, we didn't have uh, a leprechaun, but we did have a bagpipe guy come really? by, okay. and it was really pretty sad because he was trying to play the pipes for a mask. <laughs> Just, well, it was really awful. <laughs> it got my Irish up. I'll tell you that right now. I get it. All right, let's uh, dive in before we get to Burt Bacharach and Hal David. Uh, we have a few folks to remember, folks oh, yes. we've lost. Oh, yes. uh, Roger Mudd from CBS News. He joined CBS in uh, 1961, served as Congressional and National Affairs correspondent, regular substitute for Uncle Walter, Walter Cronkite. Yep. And then when... uh, Worked out of the Washington Bureau. Yep. When uh, Uncle Walter retired and Dan Rather took his place, a somewhat ticked-off Roger Mudd... Yeah. Left for NBC. NBC that's yep. right. And then later PBS. Yeah. He yeah. had a uh, summer home at Bryce Resort in Shenandoah County. Yeah. So you sometimes see him wandering the streets yeah. in Woodstock, Virginia. Because uh, his home was, uh, he grew up in Washington, of course, mm-hmm. went, went to school there. And, uh, but he had a home there, but he had a, a nice summer place up at Bryce Resort, okay. so yeah, he'd be up there. He wrote a wonderful book a few years ago, can't remember the name of it, and uh, I never thought of him as being a funny guy, but his book was hilarious. It was just- For real. Uh, for okay. real. He tells a story about joining the uh, Washington Bureau of CBS News. He mm-hmm. was their congressional correspondent. And he told him, his manager told him, says, now if you run into Eric Severide- <laughs> yeah. 
in the bathroom. Do not acknowledge Mr. Severide. He said, why? He said, just don't look at him. Don't say hello. He says, the exalted Mr. Severide feels that he's too big to go to the bathroom, and no one should know that he ever does, and especially that he should be so low as to share the same toilet as we have. So he said, I always averted my eyes. When I thought that was a great... Well, you know, when Sally Severide and I did... Uh, the morning show at K92, I always told her, I said, if you ever want your uncle, Uncle Eric, to come on the program, he's welcome anytime. No, he was grumpy. He yeah. How many show. times did he show up? No, he was an old grump. He never, never. Although Roger Mutz did say, uh, to his credit, he says the man was did his research yep. impeccably, yep. and he said he could be sitting in front of the camera, and if the teleprompter died, he was so intelligent and so well-versed on the subject that he could sit there and look right wow. into the camera for a solid hour and never miss That's a That's amazing. Yeah. So he, he was good. Uh, boxer marvelous Marvin Hagler, mm. the undisputed middleweight boxing champ from 1980 until he lost to Sugar Ray Leonard in 87. He passed away on Saturday, March 13th. He was 66. Uh, Kathy Thornton. Remember that name? I do. I just barely do because I think that she was passing the baton mm-hmm. shortly after I got here in 71. Then Polly Ears took over. Yeah. yeah. The, uh, uh, what was it called? Panorama. Panorama. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, on WDBJ. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think she uh, started on Panorama in 1966, I think it was. And I never actually got to meet her. I mean, I, I knew almost all the people at Channel 7 because mm-hmm. I did production there. I did voice voiceover work for them. Uh, so I was in and out of Channel 7 all the time. That's how I got to know so many mm-hmm. of them. They're such a great bunch of people. and uh, But I never got to meet her for yeah, some reason. And I think Kathy was uh, quite involved with the Showtimers, she was. I believe. She was. And uh, yeah. she had been living in New York City. So uh, She went off to be a big star. Yeah, indeed. But uh, There is another big star that you may or may not recognize the name. Lou Ottens, Dutch inventor of the cassette and player, mm-hmm. working for Philips Electronics and later helped in the development of the CD and players. Dead at the age of 94, more than 100 billion cassettes sold since 1962. I think there's one company that's still making them in the world. Wow. For the first time ever, music, he said, could be put into your pocket. Mm-hmm. His only regret, and he had one, you know what it was? What was that? That Sony took the cassette to the next level with the Wolfman, which he said he wished he had thought of. Isn't, <laughs> isn't that interesting? Yeah, that really is, yeah. And here's something you probably have never thought about. Uh, if it hadn't been for Lou Ottens, weather guy Ian Cassette would not have a last name. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and if Lou had just figured out how to fix the tape once the machine ate it, yeah, well, and, that happened a lot, uh, didn't it? He could have also told us how important it was to have a pencil. Well, you know what? I got so cassette. good at editing, I could actually <laughs> edit those things. I could pull that tape out of there. Yeah. You pull it out about two inches, right, whatever right. it took, put it on the block. And then you had to tape it down because it was too small for the block. Right, right. But then you could cut it with a sharp knife and then put it. I actually repaired a couple <laughs> oh, of them. If wow. You could, if you could believe that, I did. Well, wow. all right. There's our uh, memories of folks we've uh, lost recently, and and you you thought it'd be a good idea to add uh, one more feature. Yeah, I thought it might be good to add uh, a time for living uh, kind of situation. In other words, some current birthdays.
That was Association. What a great song. Oh, people, that was a great song. People always play Windy. Everyone knows she's Wendy. Uh, but nobody ever, hardly ever hear anybody play that particular song. And I always thought it was a good one, too. Yeah. All right. Shall we uh, dive into some uh, folks who had birthdays of, of note lately? Game show host Chuck Woolery. Remember him? Oh, yeah. 80 years old. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ray Benson of Asleep at the Wheel is 70. I know that was one of your favorite groups. Oh, yeah. Nancy Wilson, guitarist of Heart, mm-hmm. 67, just turned 67. And, uh, oh, here's one I know that you're really excited about. Uh, rapper Flavor Flav of <laughs> Public Enemy is 62. Why are you laughing? <laughs> 62. We thought he'd never make it a day over 40. <laughs> Go ahead. Good point. Uh, Mike Love of the Beach Boys. Oh, yeah. Oh, 80. Yeah. Oh, no. That, now that's impossible. Yeah, no. that, that must be a mistake. <laughs> no, it's so no, Larry, true. It's so a, true. That's got to be a mistake. Uh, Sly Stone of Sly and the Family. Is he still in in jail? No. Oh, but, uh, he didn't even show up for his birthday. <laughs> Remember how he used to never show up for concerts? That's <laughs> yeah, true. Uh, Sly Stone, 78. No. Yeah, don't, don't tell me that. That's impossible. Uh, D. Snyder of Twisted Sister, 66. Oh, you know, I always liked the Twisted Sister. You like the Twisted Sister. Yeah, I always liked uh, the Real contortionist. Uh, Fabio. <laughs> What's his claim to fame? Being Fabio. And? Mr. Hanson. Being hit by a bird on the... The roller coaster, I think it was at King's Dominion. No, I never I th- heard yeah, that. I think sir. it was King's Dominion. He was hit by a bird? Yeah, yeah. It hit him right in the nose. That's <laughs> <laughs> terrible. Well, I hope it didn't run his career. You know, it was all about being. Did he have a, did he really have a career? Well, wasn't he? Well, a, what did he do? A model. Wasn't he a model? I guess. I don't, well, know. I don't know what he what did. What did he model? I didn't, his I face. Didn't. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Until the bird hit him. <laughs> he modeled his face. Yeah. <laughs> uh, what else I got here? Uh, John Sebastian, Love and Spoonful, 77. Now that I believe. Yeah. Uh, Patrick Duffy turns 72. Kurt Russell turns 70 lately. And um, who else? Uh, Billy Corgan of Smashing Pumpkins. Oh, the pumpkins. Yeah, yeah the, the pumpkins. From the pumpkin patch, 54. Uh, we'll do just a couple more because I don't want to bore everybody to tears. Composer, conductor, Quincy Jones, legendary Quincy oh, Jones, yeah. just turned 88. Country singer Michael Martin Murphy is 76. And TV and radio personality Rick Dees just turned 70. How about that? Did it say anything about how old his disco duck is? Oh, I heard that yesterday on the way <laughs> I in. Did they played it on Sirius <laughs> X. And, you know, I, I went to the 50s channel at that point. You know what the sad thing is? Oh, it's I listened to the whole thing. Did you really? <laughs> well, the other sad thing is that I listened to half of it and went, why are you listening to this? <laughs> I get it. Well, let's dive in to our songwriting geniuses oh, yeah. of Burt Bacharach. Let's call that Bert Freeman Bacharach and Hal David. Raindrops are falling on my head, they keep falling. Wishing and hoping and thinking and praying. Do you know the way to San Jose? Once in your life you find her, someone who turns your heart around. What's it? This guy's in love with you. 
Son of Bert and Irma Bacharach. Oh, no. Wait a minute. Well, they were expecting their first child to be a girl. (laughs) Is that true? Yes. (laughs) And when he wasn't, Bert, as in B-E-R-T, dad, uh, wanted to name his son after himself, but mom, Irma, disagreed, so they compromised and named him Bert, B-U-R-T. Well, how about that? Yeah. Although Bert Levine was B U R T. Yeah. 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 I don't know what that I'm means. I'm a Delbert. I thought I would throw that up. Did you know that? What's that? I'm a Delbert. A Delbert? Yeah. I'm a Delbert. That's my middle name. Are you kidding me? No. Well, I never knew that. And my my dad went by the name of Bert, B E R T. That's so, so. Yeah. Larry Delbert, Delbert, whatever your last name is. <laughs> <laughs> Fill it in. Yeah. Uh, now, you're not a Lawrence. No. I'm not either. I always take exception to that. People always try to say, oh, Lawrence. And I go, no, I'm Larry. I'm Larry. I'm (laughs) not a Lawrence. Thank you very much. I'm just a Larry. Yes, indeed. So uh, let's talk about Burt Bacharach. Well, you know, in 1958, Burt was asked to fill in for Marlene Dietrich. Can you Mm -hmm. remember the famous actress? Oh, yeah. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) That's the character was based on her, as you know. Anyway, she called up Burt and uh, wanted to know uh, if he would be her musical conductor and travel with her on mm-hmm. concerts. Who knew she did concerts around the world? Yeah, really. She never made it to Roanoke. <laughs> Intermittently over the next six years, Bacharach traveled the world with Dietrich uh, and uh, finally became too busy with his own songwriting career, so he eventually left. But he, he did say, he says, it's a different kind of musical experience. It was kind of a paradox to be mm-hmm. writing R&B songs for the Shirelles, Chuck Jackson, Dionne Warwick, and conducting around the world for Marlene Dietrich doing very old traditional st- songs. Mm-hmm. So he's quite the musician. He can do anything. He said, I got to see the world with Marlene, some great places I never would have seen. And she taught me a lot about never settling for less, going after what you want. Oh, wow. So who knew? He traveled with Marlene Dietrich. I had no idea. Never told me about it. <laughs> Anyway, he said uh, it was very interesting. He said you'd uh, you write with one composer. This is a Brill building. Mm-hmm. Write with one composer in the morning and another in the afternoon. Hal David, his partner, recalls these beginnings. He says, I met Bert, and we liked each other, and we liked the songs we wrote, mm-hmm. and that's how we began. We worked hard. I always writing lyrics. He was always writing melodies. We'd meet around 11 o'clock every morning. Yeah. What do you think of this? What do you think of that? It was like uh, show and tell. Either my lyric would spark him to write a melody or vice versa. Smoke-filled room. He talks about the Brill Building. He says, uh, you know, he says, once one of these things was finished, the duo would hawk their wares. There were 11 floors in the Brill Building, and you'd start at the top and work your way down (laughs) and hope somebody would buy your song. He says the lyrics matched to those tunes were equally unusual. They were grown up, whereas uh, a lot of the stuff that was being produced at the time was just, you know, schlock. Mm-hmm. So despite their fair share of flops, the team proved themselves a pair of early hits, Magic Moments by Perry Como, of all people, wow. and The Story of My Life by Marty Robbins, a country music singer. Isn't that interesting? I don't think I was aware of that. Well, you are now. No excuse. So anyway. What, are you, what else do you have? I'm, I'm, well, I was, th- I was just thinking the about the, the fact that uh, uh, with the Hal David-Burt Bacharach partnership, 
uh, I guess there in the 60s, it was all about Dionne Warwick, wasn't it? Uh, yeah, not initially it wasn't, but uh, once they latched, because, uh, you know, as I say, they did, uh, Perry Como had mm-hmm. a couple, uh, Chuck Jackson, the Drifters, they did some stuff for the Drifters. Wow. Uh, Gene McDaniels, whom I loved with all that brass. We're talking about oh, brass, yeah, man. You're talking yeah. about songs of brass. Shirelles, they did some stuff right. for the Shirelles. Gene Pitney, who was a songwriter himself, mm-hmm. but they wrote him The Man Who Shot Liberty Valance for him. Oh, wow. Yeah. So, but what happened was eventually, mm-hmm. uh, Jerry Butler, that is a couple of songs for him, Chuck, right. Chuck Jackson. But eventually what happened was they discovered this lady named Dion Warwick. Mm-hmm. And uh, the rest, as they say, is history. And at that point, they put most of their efforts or efforts toward her. Okay. So that's how that kind of came about. Well, and, and because of them putting their efforts toward her, you have to walk on by, say a little prayer. Uh, do you know the way to San Jose? No, I don't. Uh, oh, the name of the song. I'm sorry. <laughs> Apparently she didn't know. <laughs> However, I did see one note concerning Burt Bacharach and Hal David. Rod Stewart sang the song, That's What Friends Are For, at the end of the movie Night Shift. This mm. was in 82, and I'd forgotten about that. Probably if I'd stayed till the end of the movie, I would have figured it out. But they wrote the song for Dionne Warwick, right? Well, uh, Bacharach and wife Carol Bayer Sager right. didn't like Rod Stewart's rendition. Oh, okay. Now, who's going to tell Rod Stewart that? I never we don't heard. like your song. No, your song like your stinks. Song. Yeah. Uh, a year later, Bacharach had a reunion with Dionne Warwick, they had not spoken for 10 years. Must have been a little tiff there. Uh, Sager remembered the uh, the song. Warwick thought it would make a great duet with Stevie Wonder. Neil Simon and Liz Taylor attended the uh, recording session, suggested proceeds from the song be donated to the American Foundation for AIDS mm-hmm. Research. Mm-hmm. That's when Gladys Knight and Elton John uh, happened on the hit train. Oh, okay. And the rest of that's history. How about that? Yeah. Oh, and by the way... Uh, Burt Bacharach, get this, his songs have been recorded by more than a thousand different artists. Mm. No wonder he lives in a lavish home. <laughs> well, you know how uh, the song Don't Make Me Over came about? Uh-uh. Well, apparently Dionne Warwick was not always the easiest person to produce and to deal with in the mm-hmm. studio. And mm-hmm. so they kind of, they were, Hal David and, and Burt were trying to get her to do a song and she didn't like the song. Yeah. And they said, "Well, we think this is uh, this is this sounds like you. This is a, a song that you ought to sing." And she looked at him and she said, "Don't make me over." And they went, "Oh, okay, that could be a song." <laughs> so they wrote a, they wrote a song, yeah. that, which, by the way, became a huge hit for her. That's, so anyway. uh, that, 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 what a what a great idea. Uh, Arthur's theme was another one. Uh, you know the Dudley Moore movie. Yeah. Uh, Arthur's theme, the best that can. The Best That You Can Do, song that was performed and co-written by Christopher Cross, which was the main theme from 81's uh, Arthur movie with uh, Liza Minnelli and uh, Dudley Moore. But uh, Arthur's theme, before that, Burt Bacharach had had not co-written a number one song since The Carpenters. Have you read the book, uh, Carol Bayer Sager's memoir? Nope. Uh, They're Playing Our Song? She explains in the memoir that Arthur's theme and the way it came about, Bert recalls, he said, uh, I basically wrote it in one or two nights with Carol and Christopher Cross. 
Uh, one line came from an old Peter Allen song, The Moon and New York City, that had never been recorded. Well, Carol goes and asks Peter the next day if it was okay uh, if she used his line. He said yes. The song ended up, uh, well, being an Oscar for the four composers. And Christopher Cross had just won five Grammy Awards for the debut album, and Warner Brothers wanted him to sing the song. That's how that came across. Incidentally, Christopher Cross is going to be at Harvester Performance Center in Rocky Mountain on September 21st. That should be something to see. That should, yeah. And, you know, Jackie DeShannon, who wrote tons of hits for other people, mm-hmm. had one major hit, and she didn't write it. It was written by <laughs> Burt Bacharach and Hal David, and that's uh, what the world needs now as well. Great, yeah. great song. Yeah. Uh, oh, by the way, and uh, Burt Bacharach, apparently the marrying kind. Oh, he's, yes. He's had four wives. Mm. Uh, he's 92, one of the greatest living songwriters. His first marriage was to actress Paula Stewart. That lasted from 1953 to 58. He then married Angie Dickinson, the actress, in I remember 65. That. I remember Together that. they had a daughter, Nikki. Uh, sadly, Nikki uh, committed suicide in 2007 at the age of 40. Oh, my gosh. Uh, his third marriage mm. was to lyricist uh, Carol Bayer Sager, which lasted from 82 to 91. And she said, by the way, he never did like me. <laughs> she said that. On <laughs> did book. she really? Yeah, she did. <laughs> was never in love with me. Uh, they had adopted a son, and uh, Bacharach uh, married his current wife, athlete Jane Hansen who's 32 years his junior Whoa. in 1993. They cradle, have two kids. <laughs> cradle, Robin the Cradle. Uh, they have a 22-year-old son, Oliver, and a 19-year-old daughter, Raleigh. Wow. So apparently, despite the uh, bitter divorces and the death of a daughter, Bacharach has regained friendships with uh, two of his exes, Angie and Carol. And got back together with Hal David because yeah. they split for a very long time. Yeah. And they both admitted it was, well, mostly Bert said it was just stupidity. We shouldn't have been so mm-hmm. small-minded. And needed, Isn't that interesting? Need to move uh, on. Bert split with Dion for 10 years yep. and then split with Hal David. Yeah. And both got back together. Yep. Uh, some time ago, Lair, yeah. we were discussing how songwriters envisioned their own songs oh. and performed them. Mm-hmm. Strangely, sometimes not well, in our opinion, because we're so used to the hit versions. Right, right. So because we're discussing songwriters, Bert and Hal, I thought I'd bring in another songwriter, Randy Newman. Oh, okay. To show how he sings his hit song by Three Dog Night, Mama Told Me Not to Come. Ooh. And I hope that you won't think this is a bad, because I happen to think this is a, a lovely version mm-hmm. of the song, and it's simplicity. Okay. He just sits at the piano, which is how he wrote it, mm-hmm. and sings it. And pretty much the way he composes songs at the piano. And here's his take on his own song. We have whiskey with your water, sugar with your tea. What are these crazy questions that they're asking of me? This is the wildest party that they ever could be. Well, don't turn on the light, cause I don't wanna see. Mama told me not to come. Mama told me not to come. Mama said that ain't no way to have fun. Open up the window, bless a man. It really is. Yeah. I was not aware Randy Newman did that song. 
Uh, he recorded it several times, mostly. That was a live performance, by the way. That was for the BBC, I think, as I recall. Can't remember. But uh, Now, did Three Dog Night also do and short he, people? And he actually... <laughs> <laughs> that's an interesting question. <laughs> uh, but anyway, he, he did put this out on an album because I actually have it on vinyl at yeah, home. Yeah, yeah. So it was included. What was it I was listening to the other day? I was watching Rachel Ray and her show in the afternoon. And John Oates of Hall & Oates fame yeah. was on there. Mm-hmm. And he was singing a song. I went looking for it. It was actually, he recorded this in 2011. His version of um, You Make My Dreams Come True. Oh. With a Which was Mississippi it? twist to it. Really? And it really was good. Hmm. Yeah. I didn't think I was going to like it at first. Well, well there again, you just never know. It's, yeah. it's fun to yeah. see how they... Uh, how they do the stuff themselves. We'll have to dig a little deeper into that. Yeah, uh, we we'll will. do st- songwriters, their songs, and how their song turned into a bigger hit. Podcast down the road. All right. Uh, are we, uh, where are we? Oh, we're at Seconds Guessing. Aren't we? The more I thought about this Seconds Guessing is the same fear I had when we did the duets. Well, this one's even worse because, oh, I'm, I'm, in all fairness to you, I will mm-hmm. tell you that. I tried to. I tried. These are all Hal and David songs. Okay, but some of them went back pretty far, and I wasn't going to throw Perry Como at you, <laughs> and I wasn't going to throw Marty Robbins at you. I would have gotten those because not because I ever played them, right, but because right. I'm so familiar with them. So I kind of tried to come forward a little bit to help you out. I, I appreciate your to, kindness. Just tried to help you. <laughs> you understand? Just trying to help you. From the prize closet, by oh, the way, if okay. you get them, yeah. and you're not going to get them. Okay. All right. <laughs> so I just want you to know what you're missing out on. Okay. <laughs> From the prize closet. You could have had this. <laughs> at our Bullet Avenue studios. If you name all the following musical clips, I have two tickets to Lakeside Amusement Park in Salem, featuring the Shooting Star roller coaster. Wait. Guaranteed fun for the whole family, and best of all, no crowds. There's a Kroger what? there now. You're kidding me. And a strip mall. Was yeah. It, was it a COVID? Did it close down because of the COVID? <laughs> what? The? I had no idea. So no Lakeside anymore. No Lakeside. Oh, jeez. I'm really sorry, Lair. But let's dive into seconds guessing anyway. <laughs> See what I can do. I'm just so sorry. I have got to update our closet. <laughs> the brass closet. Throw some stuff away. Get stuff in there. Oh, well. There we go. Bob, it creeps and leaps and glides and slides across the floor. Right through the door. All around the wall. A splotch, a blotch. Be careful. Of- I knew you wouldn't get it. It's the first song you ever wrote, by the way. If you did your research, you know what that is. <laughs> and he didn't write it with Hal David. He wrote it with Hal David's brother, The Blob. Really? The Blob. Okay. Not only that, he did almost all of the, I think he did all the voices himself and maybe the instrumentation. It's, and it's a wonderful song, by the way. It creeps and leaps and glides and slides across the floor. Right That's actually Burt Bacharach? Oh, I think it is. Wow. A splotch, a blotch, be careful. Of the Blob. Oh. There it is. It was the blob, Lair. Wow. Okay, here's another one. Sha la 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 la. It's not the way you smile that touched my heart. Sha la 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 la. Oh, I could see the see, wheels turning. I want to call that the Shirelles. Well, you're right about that. Well, baby, okay. it's you. All right. Okay. All right, here's another okay. one. Now, that was just mean. Mm-hmm. 
What do you consider that? Yes, that was. Uh, clueless. Any day now, Chuck Jackson. Oh, okay. Also called my wild, beautiful bird. <laughs> it says, what? I don't know why they put that on the title, but it's in the song. Okay. But Dust Jockey's never called it my wild, beautiful bird. <laughs> no. They always called it any day now. Okay, yeah, here's yeah. another. Okay. Finally, I'm going to give you an yeah, easy okay. one. All right. This is easy. The things I do it is to easy. love me with all my fault. And I'm even giving you extra song here. The way that I love you, I'm begging you. Mm. We talked about it earlier. Is that Dion? Dion Warwick, Don't Make Me Over. Oh, okay. Okay, all right. Now, you're going to get Let's, this one. Okay, okay. Right. this one you got to get. Well, I mean, <laughs> here we go. I'm batting a thousand right now. It's the only thing that there's just too little love. What the world needs, needs now. now is love. Jackie DeShannon. Sweet love. Jackie DeShannon, okay. yes. All right, here's, here, this, this, this is not going to be easy either. And I wasn't aware that they even wrote this song. Oh, that's her Robert and the <laughs> Tijuana Brass. Oh, no. Now you're going to be Mr. Casino, and Casino Royale? Yes. Absolutely. So much for what I know. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'll throw an instrumental at him. <laughs> He'll never get that. Now, this one's easy. And what my heart has heard, well, it takes my breath away. I can hardly wait to hold you, feel my arms around you. How long I have waited. Hmm. She recorded this at Muscle Shoals, by the way. Really? Yes. Dusty Springfield, The Look of Love. Oh, yeah. that's such a pretty song. Comes from a great album she recorded yeah. on there. Yeah. yeah. This is easy. Here. Okay, Carpenters. Close to you? Every time yep. You are near. I long to be mm-hmm. close to you well i mean you, I, you are getting the the latter ones and this one you 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 could this one you could name with your ears closed oh boy. okay one less that's fifth dimension one less bell you got it one less bell one less egg to fry all right here's the final one that's what friends are for that's what and friends are for Never thought I'd be this way. That's still a great song. You know, it really is. I'm glad I got the chance to say. Okay, you got it. That's it there, buddy. I I didn't even get uh, a quarter of a lakeside ticket. Yeah, well. Some good songs, though. I had no idea they were out of business, really. (laughs) How long has it been? Like 25 or 30 years? (laughs) At least. <laughs> okay, are we going to uh, Radio Tales? It's going to be a TV tale as told to us by Dodie Mates herself with her oh, own voice. Okay. It's true. All right. But I got to do the little setup first. All right. uh, I call this Three Portly Women. 
You know, I've often, I've often mentioned here that back in the 60s and 70s, local TV stations had a lot of time to fill because yeah. they didn't have all the syndicated shows and right, all that stuff right. available now. And mm -hmm. Sometimes the networks just didn't feed anything during the day after the soaps would go off or what have you. And they didn't have all the news shows right. that they have. Every five minutes there's mm -hmm. a newscast now on all the right TV <laughs> stations. That's true. So Channel 10 had a midday interview show right. that was probably a bit boring. Featuring locals promoting one fundraiser after another. You know, we've sure. all been through all oh, that. Oh yes. And, oh, yes, it's really exciting pancake supper. <laughs> this filled airtime, but it also fulfilled, uh, fulfilled public service rules imposed by, on all stations by the Federal Communications Commission. Now, you know, radio was lucky. They could run this stuff in the middle of the night. <laughs> And sure. preferably on Sunday mornings when no one was listening, and that's exactly what they did. But TV stations were on just during the day, and they signed off, mm -hmm. you know, like midnight, 1 o'clock in the morning. So they had no choice. They had to put this stuff on the air. Right. So they did a lot of midday stuff. Sure. So you got a lot of talk shows and women's shows and one thing or another. So anyway, this uh, particular show starring Dodie Mates and then station announcer Tom Hughes. Okay. I thought originally this was with... Uh, Garrett, but it wasn't. Mm. So they had this set built on a riser, probably with cheap carpeting, two chairs and a contemporary couch for the guests in between them. Okay. And I'll let Dodie herself pick the story up from here. As, as far as uh, predating videotape was concerned, when Tom and I had the show called This Afternoon, uh, we just had a great time doing that. And one of the first weight loss programs was coming into Roanoke. So we had rather uh, three large ladies, shall I say, beautiful ladies, beautiful ladies. And they came in, and at that time we had this uh, sofa that uh, was not uh, you know, substantially anchored to the floor. There were those uh, wooden legs, you know, the old uh, 19 ones. So we were going along fine with our interview with these ladies, finding out what they hoped to do at this weight loss program. And all of a sudden, Tom's eyes got big as saucers, and we looked, and, and those little spindly legs were just spreading further and further. This is on the sofa, the spindly legs were not, spreading. Not the woman. <laughs> And it came down, and they were just about several inches from the floor, and the ladies were squirming, didn't know what to do. So Tom just said, we'll be back in a moment. And in 30 seconds, we got the ladies off the floor. Uh, Jim Bradley came in with three folding chairs, and they sat there, and they, they never hardly knew what happened. But that was probably one of the funniest things. <laughs> Live TV, nothing like it. Nothing like it. You're nothing right. like it. So anyway. If it's going to happen, it's going to happen when it's live. That's what I used to always say. So Doty mates. So that's the three important ladies <laughs> story. <laughs> but as I was saying, you know, those those shows are, oof, they were deadly. They really were. Ugh, deadly boring. Now you, a, you have one more moment? Here's a little clip, okay. a radio clip from uh, Paul Harvey. Oh, did you see today's Wall Street Journal trying to cheer itself up? Reports on the lady who was shopping for a frilly nightgown as a birthday present for her pet poodle. They didn't have any, but the store clerk said, if you'll measure the dog, we'll have one made. And the lady said, oh, I couldn't do that. I want it to be a surprise. <laughs> Page two. <laughs> I just came across that the other day, a box of tapes here at the uh, Lair's oh, Wacky Box of Tapes. I that's thought, so I thought good. that was funny. That's right so right. good. You ready to put the wraps on this? I guess we'll have to. Where's the old wrapper? There it is. Right. Oh, by the way, next time, oh, yeah? the horns of the 70s. Oh, my. And you know what that means. Gee, Dad, it was a horn. <laughs> yeah. 
what does that mean? <laughs> the horny 70s. Oh, the horny 70s. Yeah. yeah, that's right. Thank you for listening to episode 15 of Two Larrys and a Mic. If you like Two Larrys and a Mic, click on subscribe on your favorite podcast platform. If you like this podcast, leave a review. We'd love to hear your ideas for upcoming podcasts. And, and help us get the word out by telling your friends and coworkers about our podcast. We release a new episode every couple of weeks. We hope you'll join us next time for Two Larrys and a Mic. I'm Larry Dowdy. I'm Larry Bly. And, and Mike? Uh, oh, he's still working on that darn clock. Still a little cuckoo. to drive you crazy. <laughs> well, the time change will do it every time. We'll see you next time on Two Larrys and a Mic. Long.